Our reading this morning is The Flawed Understanding of Martin Luther King Jr. by Aisha Ansano. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was a radical. He was called the most dangerous man in America by the FBI and had a 17,000-page FBI file at the time of his death. It wasn't just KKK members or those in positions of power who disagreed with him or hated him. As Dr. Cornell West explains in his book, The Radical King, by the time of King's death, most of the country did not like him. There was an intense FBI pressure, including attempts to make him commit suicide. West reminds us, the black civil rights leadership was trashing him. The white establishment had rejected him. The young black revolutionaries were dismissing him. Over the course of his life, King was not a man who was loved by most. In fact, he was hated by a select few. He was an incredibly maligned man by the time he died. And yet, we never talk about that. Instead, we praise and honor him and hold him up as the highest standard of the struggle for justice. We as a society measure all who struggle for justice against Dr. King, but not against who he actually was. We measure those who struggle for justice against who we have decided Dr. King was, a sanitized version of the actual man. As a society, we tell activists that their protests are too unruly, their demands too harsh, their voices too strident, their methods too stringent. We have decided as a society that there is one way to struggle for justice, and it's the way we like to imagine King struggled for justice, even though it's not the way he actually did. In the summer of 2016, protesters took to the streets around the country, condemning police brutality and proclaiming that black lives matter. As has happened over and over again with these sorts of protests, many people criticized their methods and tactics. In a press conference, Atlanta Mayor Kasim Reed stated, Dr. King would never take a freeway. Anyone remember the powerful thing King organized? The marches to Selma, from Selma to Montgomery? The ones that entailed several hundred people walking down a highway and crossing a bridge blocking cars from being able to drive on it. The flawed understanding of King is everywhere, and it has seeped into our society's understanding of what is acceptable or appropriate in the struggle for justice. You ever watch one of those reality shows, usually on one of those cable channels that you know is there, but you don't usually watch it, where a psychic is on there, supposedly channeling a dead relative of someone in their studio audience. I can see them in my mind, the psychic will declare. They want you to know that you're loved and they're at peace. Yes, your dead relatives always seem to want you to know that they love you and are at peace. Surprise of surprises, your loved one is never bitter at you, never holding the same grudge as they did when they were alive, and they're never roaming around as a tortured soul. Imagine that. And the evoked spirits never seem to have any useful information for you beyond a simple good job or a pat on the back. 
wouldn't it be more useful if they were able to tell you where they buried the family fortune or let you in to the on the elusive meaning of life or helped you solve crimes of people who had been murdered? But they never seem to do that. They all seem to want you to know how loved you are and how at peace they are. After all, the spirits being anything less than happy and pragmatic wouldn't make for very good television, would it? Unless they actually solved a crime. When many people in America today speak of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., I feel like they're doing a trick, similar to that of these television psychics, painting a man who changed society but never went too far. A guy that only outright racists and segregationists hated, who would be universally praised as a hero were he still alive today. It's become almost farcical with one recent conservative meme even channeling a MAGA hat, a Make America Great Again hat, onto a picture of King via Photoshop. The assumption being that were he alive today, Dr. King would be an ardent supporter of Donald Trump. It's easy when a person isn't around anymore to shape them into your image, isn't it? To imagine that they would absolutely support every position you do. To use them to make you comfortable and complacent. It's a way of evoking figures from history to prove that you're right or to make you feel good. And it starts so soon after they're gone. In fact, it's become fashionable today that any time an anti-racist or social justice activist does anything that offends the majority, Dr. King's name is invoked. King would never have done things that way, they declare. Sure, they understand what the man stood for. Like many public figures who have died young, King has become larger than life for the mainstream. Someone who drug us kicking and screaming into our current paradigm where things are now just fine because he helped us see how unjust our country used to be. Emphasis on the used to be. Things are much better now, aren't they? I was born in 1980, 12 years after King was shot and killed in Memphis, Tennessee. I was three years old when his birthday became a national holiday, reluctantly signed into law, ironically, by Ronald Reagan, making the civil rights leader's birthday a national holiday after much resistance in what we now know was a calculated move by the Reagan administration to drag King into the realm of Reagan's colorblind racist policies. Yet even as I was growing up, just over a decade after King lived, his image was already being sanitized. In the words of 
author Bhaskar Sankara, this version of Dr. King begins and ends with his role as a civil rights leader who summoned Christian teachings as well as Gandhian tactics and told us of his dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Gendered language in the original. This reimagining of Martin Luther King Jr. as the deeply loved moderate has permeated our culture. And it bothers me. It bothers me when once a year we invoke his name for some little acts of service that don't even touch the systemic change King was seeking. It bothers me when it allows those who would perpetuate racism and white supremacy to use his image as a way of silencing those who call for a deeper sort of justice or make them seem unreasonable. It bothers me because it pits him against other civil rights leaders of the time, especially Malcolm X, who were villainized for the tactics that they used. And worst of all, it bothers me because it allows us to conveniently ignore what Dr. King actually stood for, allowing us the complacency necessary to imagine that now that we've elected a black president, we are a post-racial nation. I sure hope the last few years have proven that wrong. Now I could preach you a sermon about this comforting image of Martin Luther King. After all, I've been just as guilty as the next person of whitewashing him in the past. But as a colleague once told me, the job of the minister is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. So I'm going to try to afflict a few people this morning. I'm not going to tell you a comfortable story today. Instead, I want to invoke an image of King that recognizes his work is still incomplete over 50 years after his assassination. The truth is that Martin Luther King Jr. was not some centrist, and he certainly wasn't universally loved. Rather than being that universally beloved figure, he was harassed, vilified, and attacked for his positions. As our reading this morning reminded us, the FBI considered King the most dangerous man in America and kept an extensive file on him that, once declassified, revealed that they had coordinated a campaign against him to try to get him to commit suicide. It wasn't just the government who was fearful of King either. In 1966, just two years after he won the Nobel Peace Prize, a poll showed that 66% of Americans held an unfavorable view of King. There was reason for his unfavorable image. His entire image, his entire vision, was one of radical change that would shake up the American system and make many white folks and rich folks very uncomfortable. So what do I mean by radical politics? Well, the roots of the word radical have to do with looking at the root of an issue. It's not 
a synonym for extreme as our colloquial usage implies today. But in other words, it's attacking the thing at its root rather than focusing on the plant above and thinking that hacking at a flower is going to change things rather than cause it to grow right back. It's a recognition that ultimately our current system is beyond reformed and needs to be changed drastically for all people to have justice. While reforms and laws may work as a short-term solution for harm reduction, and they certainly have a place, ultimately we need to build something just. King presented a vision of equality, justice, and anti-militarism that rebelled against the entire system of his time. He was hesitant to become a public figure, reluctantly becoming the spokesman for the Montgomery boy bus boycott in 1955 at the young age of 26. Makes me feel like I'm too old to get where he is now. And he began his activism as a crusader against racial segregation but the struggle for civil rights radicalized him into a fighter for broader economic and social justice and peace. Rather than narrowly focusing on the just cause of dismantling Jim Crow laws, Dr. King was part of a much larger movement in America to replace our political and economic system with an egalitarian social democracy that would bring justice for people of all races. Alongside other luminaries such as Ella Baker, Bayard Rustin, and A. Philip Randolph, King was fighting a much larger battle than simply dismantling segregation in the South. And that's what made him so threatening to so many in our country. In a report to the board of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference in 1967, King said, we must recognize that we can't solve our problem now until there is a radical redistribution of economic and political power. This means a revolution of values and other things. We must now see that the evils of racism, economic exploitation, and militarism are all tied together. You can't really get rid of one without getting rid of the others. The whole structure of American life must be changed. America is a hypocritical nation, he said, and we must put our own house in order. The anti-segregationist position King was famous for was certainly important. But to put it in his own words in 1967, he said, we aren't merely struggling to integrate a lunch counter now. We're struggling to get some money to be able to buy a hamburger or a steak when we get to the counter. King recognized, even as he died, that the battle was far from over, and he was pessimistic in seeing it within his lifetime. He knew that merely rescinding the Jim Crow laws was not going to bring true equality in America. More needed to be done before this nation could live up to the true meaning of its creed. In his later years, he became an outspoken critic of American interventionism in Vietnam, as well as a proponent of working class and union folks of all ages. 
In fact, when he was murdered, he was in Memphis to support a sanitation worker's strike. I feel like it's important in considering the historical legacy of any person to paint their actions and beliefs accurately and not be revisionist in our approach. For one, it helps us measure how far we've come from Dr. King's time. If we keep in mind what he actually stood for, I'm afraid to say the picture is dismal. Due to colorblind racial politics of the 70s and 80s, combined with the impact of the war on drugs has had on predominantly black and poor neighborhoods. I dare to say that in many ways, things are just as bad, if not worse, than they were in King's time. African-American and Latinx people represent 56% of the total prison population today, though they only represent 32% of the total population of America. People of color continue to be disparately poor and lack access to quality education. What would King say if he were alive today? I think he would be speaking out about how the mass incarceration system has replaced formal segregation. I think he'd be outraged at the wage and education disparities between white folks and people of color. He would be outraged by how easy it is for a young person of color to be gunned down by a police officer without consequences. And I know he would not, he would absolutely not be wearing a MAGA hat today. He absolutely would not support the current governmental policies that restrict education based on race, religion, and country of origin or that separate desperate families at the southern border. And he would be a staunch advocate for workers' rights, surely outraged at how so many union victories have been systemically dismantled by those in power. I have no question that quality medical care for all as a human right would be high on his list of priorities too. And I think he'd be a staunch critic of American foreign policy and continued intervention, pointing out how empire has crushed folks in other countries, largely places in the global south where people of color are majorities. No doubt he would be condemning our current policy of assassination via drone strike, as well as fabricating reasons to intervene in other countries' affairs. And yes, no doubt, King would be just as unpopular today as he was in the 60s. And he would be a thorn in the side of the Democrats just as much as the Republicans. Rather than invoking his name to justify criticism of current social justice activities, we would see him being vilified as anti-American, unpatriotic, and a rabble-rouser who is constantly playing the race card. There would be so many who would continue to refuse to hear his message today. So many people claim they've been inspired by Dr. King today. What would it look like to hold people accountable to building his vision?
a vision of a radically equal society where all people are liberated to pursue their full potential. If the people photoshopping MAGA hats on the king's head thinks he would approve of their agenda, what would it look like to actually make them live up to that high talk? What would it mean to reclaim king, not as a tame moderate that everyone can find a reason to like, but as the radical inspiration for building beloved community where all people can find home? I don't utter these words lightly, but I want to see us refuse to invoke his name unless it's to work to build his dream of this radical society where everyone's needs are taken care of, where we don't settle for a few whiffs of equality, but insist on struggling together until we see justice for all. We Unitarian Universalists say we want a society that recognizes the inherent worth and dignity of all people. And we can do a lot towards building that society. King once said a genuine leader is not a searcher for consensus, but a molder of consensus. Rather than waiting for others to come to the same conclusions about human dignity that we already have, let's follow in Dr. King's shoes and push for a world that sees justice as a prerequisite for all we do, and not just an afterthought. If we want to honor Dr. King on his birthday, let's work for a radically just society, where there is a place for all, rather than settling for the good enough culture that will always, inevitably, leave behind so many. Rather than being the psychic who channels an overly cheery picture of Dr. King, let us invoke the words and deeds of a prophetic man who will inspire us to continue his work towards building a world where all people of all races and all economic classes will stand side by side, liberated rather than held down by the yoke of an unjust system. Instead of day of service projects, once a year on a Monday in January, let's find ways to fight for social and economic justice year round. Let's actually build the beloved community that King dreamed of. Then maybe, just maybe, we'll be justified in thinking that King would smile at the progress that has been made. May it be so.